Hello, 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 kids. Welcome to another episode. I'm your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is my spooky, spooky gay, gay family. Hello, Sam Baxter. Hello, Pissy Miles. <laughs> Sam and I just had a discussion about uh, <laughs> about her. She, she was like, I really sound miserable when I say my spooky. And I was like, you do. And I don't know why. And she was like, what, what was your explanation? <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm always trying to like make your voice be the voice that everyone can hear. And like mine's like in the background. But why? I don't know. <laughs> As I said Two seconds ago. I do not know. I don't understand. It is it is as crucial to this podcast as mine. And I encourage you next time to scream as loudly <laughs> as you possibly can. Make mine a distant echo. Make my voice just the smallest, ittiest, bittiest little uh, elfish voice you've ever heard. Uh, what's going on, Sam Baxter? How you doing? I'm doing okay. Um... We're getting closer and closer to Christmas. So. <laughs> Is that anxiety inducing for you? A <laughs> little bit. You know, the only reason it's the only reason it is inducing anxiety in me is that I have done no Christmas shopping. Like zero <laughs> Christmas shopping. I have done like one present for our niece. And I do actually, um, we do Secret Santa in our family mm-hmm. for the siblings. I I have my Secret Santa gift purchased and ready to go. It's just not here yet. It's just, it has not arrived yet. Mm. (laughs) And I'm getting kind of antsy about it because Amazon was like, you know, three to five days. And it's like, it's day six. Don't you have Prime? Yes, I do. But it wasn't a Prime eligible item. Oh. Uh, I have not shopped for my secret Santa yet. But to be fair, it's because I don't know what to get them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you're listening, you're welcome. I happen to know who your secret Santa is, and um, it's a tough one. It's a difficult one. It's not an easy secret Santa. No, uh, I will be totally honest. It's not easy at all. <laughs> Mostly because this person usually just gets whatever they want. Um, <laughs> not in like a spoiled kind of way. Just, no, they no. Make, I mean, they, they purchase that they whatever want. they yeah. want, and so it does not leave a lot of room for, for purchasing gifts. I might just get them a a wish gift certificate. <laughs> uh, but I think that's all the clues I'm willing to give out as to who my secret Santa is this year. Um, welcome to another episode, kids. We are very, very excited to be back. Uh, we did a, a really fun mini-sode this week. We were talking about season two, episode five, The Lady in the Lake, uh, on Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. And we had a more in-depth conversation about women's restrooms than I ever would have anticipated. <laughs> um, so definitely go listen were, if you haven't. There were a lot of interesting twists and turns in the mini <laughs> Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. 
like like more ground than we probably should have yeah no it um it got a little weird <laughs> <laughs> but weird in a good way yeah no. I, I i had fun talking about it we were we were talking about like uh spooky places we went on dates yeah not with each other no <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not. Um, yes. I And I was talking about a movie theater that I took David to that has a grave in it. Yes. Um, and if you want to hear the whole story, you should definitely go listen to it on Patreon. Um, that said, we are we are coming up on the Christmas season. We're in the midst of it, if I'm yeah, being honest. Yeah, no, it's like next week is, is Christmas. I believe from when this comes out. From when this comes out, yes. Yes. It is. <laughs> I was like, no, it isn't. And then I was like, oh yes, it is. Uh yes. Almost oh it's eight days from today. Yep. That's kind of horrifying. Yep. I haven't done shit. <laughs> I was like, I tried to put together a Christmas special that just kind of fizzled out. I tried to put together a Christmas variety hour that fizzled out. I just, it's just been like the this 2020 holiday season just like completely caught me off guard. I don't know why I was unable to make any of my goals come to fruition. Did you feel that way about 2020 that like you just didn't have the stamina? I actually, um, I distracted (laughs) myself with work. You're like, I actually got done more than I anticipated. (laughs) Um, kind of. Yeah, actually. Um, Good for you, Sam Baxter. Why can't we all be Sam Baxter? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it was like, I'm warding off existential dread by, by writing. Like, essentially, it was like the only thing keeping me sane. That is fair. Uh, You know, the nice thing is like, and I hate to say something like this because it sounds so trivial in in the context of, of what we're going through. But, like, the existential dread for me is really starting to lift because we, we're seeing the, the – we have gotten to the last Cheeto in the bag. Yeah. And uh, so that existential dread is is really kind of dissipating. Um, even the, the situation with – COVID-19, you know, they are officially rolling out the vaccine now in the world. So, you know, God willing, by by June of 2021 or by summer of 2021, we may be back to some kind of normalcy. Uh, That that was the projection I had seen. But, you know, of course, everyone, it's all just conjecture at this point. Yeah, I know. I'm still hoping for for June. If for no other reason than um, I would like Broadway to reopen. Yeah. Because all of those poor people have been out of work and will be out of work for over a year. I know. And and it's not only that. It's like Broadway. Yes, obviously, I have so many uh, I have so many friends who who are working on stage and behind the scenes on Broadway shows. Uh, My my amazing, 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 amazing wig designer, Bobby Pins does a lot of Broadway shows and theatrical work. Um, so I know that obviously, you know, we're, we're all suffering, but then you get down into like the lower tiers and you look at things like local performers, local musicians, local artists, people who yeah. are working in regional theater and and things like that. We're seeing a huge, huge hit to those people's livelihoods as well. And those are the people who end up 
having to work those really terrible jobs like restaurant jobs and and customer service and retail and and all that shit that you know people are being especially cruel now <laughs> because yeah. they've they've all been cooped up and and kind of incensed <laughs> by the by the fucking dipshit in the <laughs> oval office so um peak karen peak karen yes we are seeing peak levels of karen the the numbers are spiking <laughs> like their hair uh it is it is really kind of dismaying that because normally you know i I know that a lot of people probably not our listeners because our listeners are all uh middle-aged like we are um (laughs) but a lot of young people i'm i'm starting to realize weren't around for for you know 9-11 um and they don't they didn't have the experience of what it's like when we as a country face some kind of threat as a as a unified front do you know what i mean like <clears throat> my memory there hasn't been like a national disaster in their lifetime well there has we just didn't face it that way <laughs> yeah up and up until now i mean and that's kind of what i mean it's like you know, not to be, I, I feel like Liza Minnelli when she goes on those talk show interviews and they're like, so what's your favorite musical, Liza? And she's like, ever since 9-11. And it's like, <laughs> oh God. But, uh, you know, I, that was kind of my thought process. It's like, well, you know, the one, the one kind of hopeful thing that happened at that time was that we really did see like people in droves around this country coming together and and supporting one another and um it's kind of disheartening that we didn't see that this time we didn't see people kind of banding together to help each other it was really divisive and uh strangely politicized and vicious and that was dis- that was the existential dread that kind of got me especially since not not to minimize 9/11 but like this this was a disaster with a far more wide reaching implications yeah <laughs> like, like we've lost 250,000 people yeah. <laughs> i believe <clears throat> um, and and more every day yeah uh and mostly because of this insane insane like i i, I don't even have words vicious enough to say about the administration that downplayed this whole thing and misinformed people and cost people their lives. I know it's, it should be criminal. (laughs) It won't be, (laughs) but it should be. Um, Yeah. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm not here to start a rant, but I do think that it's really like when George Bush looks like the reasonable one, you've yeah. really taken a turn. Yeah. Like you've really gone down a road that's dark. <laughs> there are there was not a single street light. Even though George W. Bush is now doing his like, look at me, I'm a cute old grandpa thing. Like he's, I know. He's, and, it, and it's like you're a war criminal. <laughs> 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 like, we didn't forget like it's it's still there <laughs> like, yeah 
Um, but not to, I, you know, I didn't mean yeah, to get no. so dark. And we're but, doing a, we're doing a goodbye 2020 episode anyway. So let's see. Yeah, it. we'll, we'll <laughs> save all that for, for that episode. But, um, that is to say that I, all of that is to say that I do see some hope on the horizon. I do see, uh, you know, things getting better in 2021, knock on wood and, uh, Hopefully, we'll have a lot more to celebrate next year than we will have to, uh, I don't know, Mourn. be miserable about. <laughs> <laughs> the, all of this is to say that we are doing an episode today, kids, especially for you for Christmas. <laughs> this is the most, like... N- Awful, like downtrodden <laughs> beginning to it's like who it's starts like, a welcome. show with 9-11? <laughs> Nobody. It's like welcome to my spooky gay family. <laughs> Everything is terrible and young people don't know how to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is awful. Um Yeah, that is that is the parody I should have written of the song from the Lego movie. Um Yes, today we are going to be Doing something that is equally dismaying to Sam as 9-11. Uh, we are going to be talking about Christmas. <laughs> that was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. Um, yes, we are going to be talking about one of our favorite new Christmas horror movies. It's not a new movie. It's just one of our new favorites. Well, one of my new favorites. <laughs> I'm eager to hear what you have to say about it. We wa- we are doing a movie that neither of us had ever seen before. No, this was the first time I had ever watched it. It was the first time I had ever watched it as well. And I will say, I think I had a different reaction to it than you did. That's fair. Um, my reaction was, I think at least partly because I watched it already grumpy. Mm. Like, I-, I came at it from a place of grump. You come at most things from a place of grump, to be fair. That's probably you are, true. You are the Lady Grump. <laughs> You're Melania Grump. Oh, don't. <laughs> I was willing to take the first one. But, but then... You're like, too far, pissy miles, too like, no. far. <laughs> um, yes, you, you, I definitely think not being grumpy will affect your view of this movie. We are, of course, talking about the 1984 cult classic Christmas horror movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, And this is (laughs) both a lot and a little. Yeah, there's a lot going on. (laughs) But long swaths where there's very little going on. (laughs) Yeah, it's really bizarre and to be fair i will i will preface this episode by saying that um i watched the movie today mm-hmm. for like fresh out of the gate i i watched the movie you guys came over we recorded the minisode and now we are doing the main episode uh so it is like i am f- like hot off the burner with this movie i also watched the movie while I was kind of like coming back from a hypoglycemic episode. So <laughs> uh, that may have something to do with it, but I don't think it did. Okay. 
and I'll, I'll we'll we'll kind of get into why. Um, just as like a general kind of overview of this movie, um, I, I like I said, it came out in 1984. Uh, it's a it's about an hour and a half long, like very standard Christmas slasher. It is about a boy named Billy who, as a child, is taken by his parents to visit his grandfather in a sanatorium. Which is a barrel of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and his grandfather, when he is alone with him, tells him that Santa Claus punishes the naughty kids. Uh and that he should be afraid if he should ever see Santa. And that night, Billy's family is carjacked by a raving lunatic dressed as Santa who kills both of his parents. Yeah. Um, and that kind of sets off this chain reac- reaction of shit. This like butterfly effect of nonsense in Billy's <laughs> life. Uh, and turns him into a... Mass murderer? Uh, I would a call Christmas, him a spree A Christmas killer. murderer. He's a oh, Christmas no. murderer. That's a good one. Come on. You gotta give me that one. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> what were you going to say? A spree killer? Yeah, I was gonna say you think he's technically a spree killer. Uh, I mean, yeah. He does... He does kind of... I, I don't know if I would call it a spree. I guess it's a spree. It's just that there's so many different locations and like there's so much time. It yeah. it's got to be over the course of like twelve hours or more. Yeah, no, it's a, it's about a day. Yeah. Uh, well, no, because it starts at like seven p.m. the night before and goes till Christmas morning. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah. it's like like let's say in the vicinity of twelve to fourteen hours. Mm-hmm. Um. We're talking about this like it's an actual event. Um, this is a... Well, it's an important distinction between serial killers and spree killers. <laughs> and mass murderers. Um, yes. So basically, this this movie is kind of a campy cult classic horror movie slasher Christmas movie. It's a 1984 slasher boom. Let's make a holiday slasher movie. Yeah. And I'm personally very appreciative (laughs) i really enjoyed it uh my two favorite things slashers and christmas i'm i'm here for all of it i will say i really enjoyed this movie it is quite ridiculous um kind of bizarre but i also kind of feel like it's necessary social commentary do you? <laughs> I do, and I will tell you exactly why when we get to it. Okay. Um, what was your general overview? My general overview is that it's about 45 minutes too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, there was a lot of backstory that I don't think we needed. <laughs> um, you don't there's... think that it was necessary? I mean, obviously the first bit was necessary, but like... That the whole bit in the orphanage could have been like five minutes. See, I kind of think it was it was great. That's that's fine. You're allowed to think that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't like that you think it, but I, you are allowed. Um, I kind of love it, and I'll I'll tell you why. You know, we'll get into the nitty gritty of it, but the the discussion of mental illness 
in this movie was in a strange way kind of ahead of its time. I'm going to I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I think. I will tell you I'll, I will tell you why. There are stereotypes that are not ahead of its time. Yeah. There are stereotypes of people in a mental health facility that are that are misinformed, but the notion of PTSD is addressed in such a way in this movie that it kind of shows how if Billy had been treated differently in the orphanage, if he had been treated with compassion and given actual uh, coping mechanisms for his trauma, the things that he did probably wouldn't have happened. I'm going to say this. Um, I think my sticking point on this issue is that what Billy does in the second half of this movie is a highly unlikely symptom of PTSD. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) is like people who have PTSD are very unfortunately far more likely to hurt themselves than anyone else. I agree with you. So it's kind of I was a bit turned off by how clearly they were saying like how clearly the line was drawn between his clearly traumatized brain mm-hmm. and his actions at the end of the film um i mean it is not it is not a clear cut commentary on all of that it is it's a slasher film at the end of the day it is a slasher film but i feel like it was trying to be a bit more than that like i i think there was effort put in more so than like slumber party massacre or <laughs> like yes um, I do agree with you, but again, most people do who are suffering from PTSD are more likely to hurt themselves. But I do think that it is kind of a strange, whether it was intentional or not, mm-hmm. it is kind of funny the way it shows how him being abused in the orphan because you have the mother superior who by the way i have never wanted a nun to die more in a movie (laughs) including the nun even sister act (laughs) um she kind of goes at it with she very plainly says like i'm going to beat this out of him yeah i'm going to teach him to be respectful and you see this kid dealing building coping mechanisms that are unhealthy. And so that is why I think it was ahead of its time. In today's context with what we know about PTSD, it is outdated. But in 1984, when we're talking about a time when people didn't even really know what PTSD was or that it was, um, I I do think that... Uh, that it was kind of addressing something that a lot of other horror movies don't address. Whether it was 100% accurate or effective or not, it was kind of talking... It was... Because for the first half of the movie, Billy's not the bad guy. He's very much the victim. And so it it made it kind of an interesting situation for me obviously it is not perfect and that's why i said in the minisode this week i would love to see the 2020 version 
Okay. Of Silent Night, Deadly Night, because now we have a much better understanding of PTSD. But that's and the thing is, like, I think you would need, like, a whole new plot line to do a remake of this movie. And, and you might. And you might. And it might be more of a commentary on... Uh, <laughs> to be fair, watching this, uh, I thought it, the commentary was probably more to do with his whiteness than with his mental health. But... Um, it, it was it was very interesting to me. I I thought for a for a movie made in 1984, mm-hmm. it it made some astoundingly thoughtful efforts. Whether they were whether they were properly conveyed is another story. But the fact that they did it and that they tried is kind of something to say. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I it rubbed me the wrong way, and I don't think I'm gonna get over it. To be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, like I just I have such a I have a personal connection to this issue, so it's it's no, not something that like. But it also I'm willing to let go quite as easily, <laughs> I, and I and that's fair, and I appreciate that. I will also put forth the argument that. It kind of has the spring awakening effect where it's like you're not only having uh, PTSD, but you're also having this like idyllic puritanism and how those two things just don't go together Mm. because that is the recipe for violence is when you take something that is all or nothing good or evil and put it with PTSD how do those things kind of go into the uh, the uh, crucible together? <clears throat> because I do think that Puritanism is oftentimes a motivation for violence. I mean, I think whenever you put anyone in a situation where you're dealing with black and white thinking all the time, mm-hmm. you're going to run into problems. Yeah. Um. And Mother Superior makes everything very black and white. Yes. And also is using corporal punishment and mm-hmm. is using deprivation punishment and things like that. I um, have never... I was like... I was watching this and I was like, I can't wait for the moment she dies. Yeah, I still can't believe that she didn't. I was like... To be perfectly honest. She's a villain. <laughs> I was I was very surprised when she made it out of this alive. I was too. If I'm um, I was kind of hoping that like when they shot Billy... Just one it would just like, right through. Yeah, just like... Take her out with it. Like, <laughs> two birds, one stone. I have to be honest with you. I was absolutely completely convinced that uh, Sister Margaret was going to die. The, mm, the, the nice nun. She was too good. That's that's my whole thing. I'm like, sweetie, you're too good for this she movie. She was like the Mary Robert of this yeah, movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're too big a sweetheart. You're never going to make it. Mm. Um, then um, surprisingly yeah. enough, she makes it too. Um, yeah, I think it was just No the fact nuns that- were harmed in the filming of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what I was going to say is I was like, you know, back in 1984, I think it probably would have been pushing too many buttons to like kill a nun. <laughs> I th- I, it's like that. It's that it's that Ethel that's, Merman quote. You can't like, buck a nun. 
<clears throat> that's a good point i i hadn't really thought of it that way but yeah. i i suppose it would have been rather shocking to kill a nun <laughs> yeah like, I, I don't even think about that anymore like i'm so desensitized that's to, where like, we are in to, 2020 to, to, like, slasher violence that i'm like what are you talking about you can kill anybody <laughs> like i honestly thought cindy lou who was gonna get it for a second <laughs> like, i was like i'm not sure if this would be a better movie or a worse movie if he killed this little kid <laughs> I mean, my argument is it would have been better, but I I just don't <laughs> like kids. So <laughs> that whole scene, but we'll get we'll get into the whole thing. We'll get into the whole thing. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. It's not it's not a great movie, but I did enjoy it. That's, that's how I felt about that's it. That's fair. I mean, there were parts of it that I that I did find entertaining. What was your What was your favorite part? I think my favorite part was also my favorite kill, and it's the kid on the sled at the very end that he decapitates as he's sledding. The living pimple, yes, yes. <laughs> I I wrote I I wrote because that kid is such a like little. He reminds me of every kid in high school who was just like not kind to me, mm-hmm. um, and he just was like he was so gross looking. It's like you know that like weird curly hairline that yeah. like every high school bully had Mm -hmm. it like he had that i my 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 note for him is that kid looks like a human pimple (laughs) like he is just a walking whitehead (laughs) um no but it was it was a cool kill it was a cool kill and uh a bit um expected i will say i i assumed that at some point uh billy was going to jump out with the axe and and decapitate somebody riding down the hill uh i am glad it was that kid because he was a piece of shit but um (laughs) i'll 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 run with it um i don't know what my favorite part was i i can say i can say without any hesitation who my favorite character was okay and that is mrs randall (laughs) which one's mrs randall she's the one who's like in the toy store that Billy works. Oh, uh, Helen. I think is is her first name. The HR it, lady. Yeah, kinda, yeah, okay. yeah. The like the kind of older woman yeah. who's like HR or a store manager or a cashier. Really sure, yeah. Nobody knows. She just shows up every day, and they keep mm-hmm. sending her a check. Like, <laughs> and I said, I was like, Mrs. Randall is definitely. Like, like I would hope if I was in this movie, I was Billy, but Pissy Miles realistically in this movie is Mrs. Randall. <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Randall is kind of the only person who like puts up a real fight. This is one of those um, slasher movies that does not have a final girl or a final boy. No, no. I, I guess Sister Margaret is kind Sister, of. Sister Margaret kind of, but she's never really in danger. No. Like, so maybe uh, the answer is Mother Superior. Mother Superior is the, the final girl. girl. <laughs> God, what a fucking horrible final yeah, girl. Ugh. No. <laughs> Ugh. I hated her. She was terrible. I hated her. Yeah, no, she was she was a bit of a bitch. Maybe Pissy Miles is mother superior. <laughs> she hates kids. I can't gotta give it to her. Gotta gotta lay out the She is either Helen or Mother mm-hmm. Superior. And I don't I would hope it's Helen. I, I think it's Helen for no other reason than she hid her like fascinator hat. 
on something to make him like think she was was there (laughs) like which seems like a very pissy miles thing to do and also to then run away but get distracted and forget that you're running away yes (laughs) (laughs) and also to like knock a bunch of toys on him and then run yeah (laughs) i mean she loves christmas and she she's like singing in that little hat yeah and she is just drunk as a skunk, doesn't know which way is up. It's like, I was like, this is this is Pissy Miles in a nutshell. That is one thing that happens in horror movies a lot that it's like, it's, I've come to think of as just the, the shock sober moment. <laughs> because you'll have characters that are just completely wasted. And the second they see the killer, they're completely sober. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened to Mrs. Randall yes. in, the, in this scene. I will say this was probably one of my favorite kills in the movie as well. It was a good kill. Um, you don't see a lot of people dying by arrow. Yeah, in, no, you really in don't. slasher films. Although I guess Jason did it once. Uh, that was a harpoon gun. I think it's okay. it's an arrow. It's all the same shit. <laughs> okay, it's just a big arrow. <laughs> And it was 3D when he did it. It was 3D. Um, the three deepening. Um, yes, Mrs. Randall was definitely my favorite character. Uh, I was very sad when she died. Although I thought she did have a cool death. So it's like, eh, I'll, I'll give it to her. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be here for this. I'll, I'll enjoy it. <laughs> this kind of came in the, the midst of the slasher boom. We were fresh off the heels of Halloween in 1978. We had done... Halloween 2 and 3 at this point, I believe, right? I don't remember what year 3 was. I know but, that um, I know that 2 came out in 1980. Mm-hmm. 3 was probably 81 or 82. Yeah. We had also done a number of I think we were on Friday 3. Yeah, we had we were well into Friday the 13th. We were well into uh Halloween had we i'm sure we must have had a nightmare at this point right or was nightmare 86 um i can't remember we were I, actually on friday 4 friday 4 yeah they that, really they made out. one every year <laughs> um a nightmare on elm street actually came out in 1984 which is the same year as silent night deadly night. yeah so we're seeing a lot of like classic slashers popping up at this point early yeah, 80 we're also- early Seeing all the ripoffs of classic slashers like Slumber Party Massacre and yes. Final Exam and <laughs> all you, those other wonderful, terrible movies. Do you think as a slasher movie yeah. that this movie holds its ground amidst the others? I don't know. I think it's trying to do something very different from a lot of the other slashers. Like, we spend so much time on Billy's backstory mm-hmm. and on like, by the time you get to the, the actual killing part of this movie, the main character, the protagonist of this film is Billy. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of turning it in a weird way that no other slasher to my knowledge really does. And it feels to me. And one of the things that I wrote down when I was watching it is this is kind of like they're showing the killer from Black Christmas, but only the killer. Hmm. Like they even named him Billy. But yeah. Like, yeah. But like it feels Do you think that was a nod to Black Christmas? I think it might have been. 
Hmm. Um, I don't know for sure. I would have to look up trivia. Yeah. But, I didn't even um, think of that. That's interesting. I never, it didn't even occur to me. But it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of a backwards slasher movie. Where by the time we get to the killing, we know way more about the killer than we do about the people he's killing. And if I'm being honest, I kind of liked it for that. It kind of, in a, in a strange way, sets the precedent for movies like Nightmare and even mm-hmm. Scream, where it's like the killer's story becomes entirely relevant to what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's like Jason has a backstory. Yeah. But it's kind of like neither here nor there. It's like, just don't fucking, don't don't go to his woods. Yeah. Don't go. He has one request, which is just stay the fuck out of his woods. Get out of the lake. And Manhattan. And Manhattan in space. Yes. Um, (laughs) But then you look at something like this and it, it, it re- I don't want to say it sets a precedent for Nightmare because it was obviously the same time. But you look at someone like Freddy and you get into the whole pedophile being attacked and and burned by the parents of the town. And then you get into even movies like Scream where it's like, Billy says he doesn't have a motive. Billy says he doesn't have a motive. Billy says he doesn't have a motive. But you were fucking, your mom was fucking my dad and ruined my family. And so now I'm getting my revenge. Yeah. And um, I think Scream is a much more nuanced <laughs> version yeah, if of Yeah, for no other story. reason than we didn't watch 45 minutes of Billy being sad about the fact that Sydney's mom was fucking her, his dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, though, that, like, be, I had similar feelings in the beginning. I, I was like, maybe this is too much. But then I was like, well... But if there's a genre to kind of portray, and for lack of a better word, the horrors of the the orphanage and 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 foster child situation in the U.S., like, of course it's horror movies. Like, of course, like especially religious institutions because they feel in so many ways. To be above the law. You know what I mean? I think Um, I follow, yeah. And so, especially as a queer person watching this, there was something kind of horrific about the religious qualities of the the beginning of this movie. The, The way he was victimized by Puritanism, the way he was victimized by the Mother Superior. Uh, It's kind of like... Maybe that was something it triggered in me that made me like it because it was like, oh, this is kind of inadvertently drawing a parallel to something that I experienced as a young person being victimized by religious institutions. Yeah. Huh. That's fair. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to answer that. Um <laughs> But didn't you ever feel that way as a young person? I mean, I had a very complicated relationship with religion for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I think I ran into more people in the church that kind of tried to reassure me. It wasn't enough for me to stay a practicing Catholic, but 
there, reassure there you were, of the fact that there was a place for you, you mean? Yeah, there there were more than one person who kind of said, like, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, you're okay. Like, and it wasn't even like, love love the sinner, hate the sin kind of bullshit. It mm-hmm. was, it was, you're okay. So I don't think I have the same sort of gut reaction to that. Um, it was more of kind of an academic thing for me. <laughs> it was kind of, I, cause you, you know how I am. The second that you say I can't do something or I shouldn't do something, I go read three books and come back and tell you why I can. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I do tend to be the same way. I will say that I did not have that experience yeah. with with religion. And I, I think this is kind of a weird thing that happened in the 90s. My, and this is not to say that it's how it was, but how it felt to me as a young queer man was that it was more socially acceptable to be a queer woman than it was to be a queer man. Uh, There was more forgiveness because female sexuality wasn't really thought of as a thing in the first place. So it was like, (laughs) who who cares? (laughs) And as long as the women are hot, who gives a shit? Exactly. But the idea of two men being in a sexual or romantic relationship was like entirely verboten. It was entirely unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, and I never had people telling me, but uh, with the exception of people who were very close to me, like dad, yeah, uh, that it was okay. I was always kind of, I was always putting the shields up and, and fighting it off. So my reaction to this is that like, this kid was victimized by, by these nuns uh repeatedly and over and over and forced to live out his trauma over and over and over again. Yeah. Although um, I did love it when he punched Santa Claus. That was like probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I did, I mean I really enjoyed it as well. Uh it was nice to see Billy kind of stand up for himself. Um but that's kind of why I like this movie is that like it was a much different kind of horror for me. It was obviously a slasher, but the first half of it is, like, strangely intellectual. Yeah, they were kind of going for psychological thriller for the first, like, hour of this film. Yeah, and then they kind of, and then they do an And then it's just a lot of him yelling, punish, and... (laughs) One of my notes is just, in all capitals, punish. (laughs) And it was like, it was such a ridiculous thing. I thought it was so funny. But again, it was one of those, like, funny things to me that I was like, oh... This fits in my criteria of things I like as well. Like, it doesn't have to be this intellectual pursuit. It can also just be kind of like a sleepaway camp situation. <laughs> because that that was my thing. I was like, if we can appreciate a movie like Sleepaway Camp, if that can make its way into, like, cult classic lexicon, there's no reason this movie doesn't meet the criteria. No, and Silent Night, Deadly Night is kind of a cult classic horror movie. I just happen to have some problems with it. And <laughs> I I am completely aware that I'm even in the minority on that. And there's there's nothing wrong with enjoying this film. I just 
had something of a visceral reaction. Also, content warning, there's like two attempted sexual assaults, and that's not a thing I'm usually here for at all. No, so uh, not at all. <laughs> um, what was the second one? I know the first one was the girl in the store. Um, the first one was his mother. Oh, right, 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 right. I, I forgot. Um, yeah, there are, uh, and one of my, one of my notes was why, like, so many boobies. There were, there were, there were just there like were, endless boobies. There was a lot of titty in, in this film and, um, two of them were non-consensual titty, which is one of the reasons I have a problem with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Although I will say that the nice part about the second one. Yeah. Is that the guy gets murdered. <laughs> yeah, I would probably be better with that if he, if he didn't, didn't turn around and immediately murder her. the girl yeah. that he was trying to sexually assault. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> Billy definitely dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, like it, it's, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, I guess that was it was okay for about thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, he was like kind of a hero for a second, and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, she just got a box cutter to the stomach. I guess that's not. Yeah. But, Not as good, yeah. But to the point, this movie, like this movie, could have been called Silent Night, Endless Boobies. This was, <laughs> this is silent and deadly boobies. Okay, the babysitter going to the door in short shorts and no shirt in the middle of December. <laughs> can we t- can we talk about Denise for a minute? Yes, let's talk because about this Denise. Was the most ridiculous scene it was so much fun i loved every minute of it i was like this is what i'm here for this is nonsense it is bizarre it is stupid i love it because first of all she does go to answer the door with nothing but cutoffs yeah and like cutoffs that are practically like in her taint like it's not <laughs> <laughs> also did you happen to notice that uh, my my note for Denise was mm-hmm. Denise is sixty two years old from the neck up, <laughs> like neck I down she's now. seventeen, <laughs> neck up she smokes ten packs a day and she's a waitress at your local diner. Like <laughs> this this woman has seen some shit from the neck up, <laughs> but only the neck up, um, and she does have one of the best deaths in the movie. It, it, it is pretty good. It's, she gets impaled on a reindeer. She, she t- or a regular deer. I knows? think it was just a regular deer. Who, well, let's say reindeer because it's a Christmas movie. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, wow, they literally were like, Texas Chainsaw? Got it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, like they, they took a page right out of that book. Yeah, no. Um, I also liked her boyfriend's death, though, as well, which was also kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre because he gets thrown out of a window. <laughs> Yes, but he did not run up the stairs he and directly run up out, the of stairs and out of it. Out of the window, like, like Billy does, pick him up like and throw him like a sack of millet through yeah, a window. He really like, does. Like he just like picks him up and throws him. There was also, and again, this is me reading into things that aren't there. Am I seeing a homoeroticism in this scene that wasn't intentionally there? Um, I didn't get any of it, but there's something about like the boyfriend being shirtless and like kind of twinky and like the like wrestling over the phone and the like throwing them around and like at one point he like throws him down on his stomach and he's attacking. It's, it was just very like, oh, this is kind of weird. Again, I didn't see it, but now that you say that, 
It sounds a little. It's a little bit funny pants <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> and his dead girlfriend is just sitting there on the antlers going, no homo. <laughs> For real. <laughs> um, yeah. And then he gets thrown out the window and obviously impaled on shards of glass, which was. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he has a shard of glass sticking out of him that was bigger than the original window. Yeah. I was like, I was like, somebody did not design this particularly well. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy it. Did you have a favorite kill? Was it that guy? It was um it was the sled decapitation, to be totally honest. That's fair. I um I only like it because it's just it's such a whimsical image to be like like if you see it from the side, like which we obviously <laughs> didn't, but like like imagine what this looks like from any other angle. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, it's like Billy's playing golf. It's like. (laughs) Four. (laughs) And it's just, I I know that it's kind of weird that my favorite kill is any other way that you could have shot it would have been incredibly funny. I know. But. (laughs) Like Like if we had gotten to see it the way it was meant to be seen, it would have been hysterical. Yeah, it really would have. Uh, so do you want to do a little, do you want to go, because uh, I have a lot of notes for okay. this movie. My first is that, of course, this is Utah. <laughs> um, I imagine that things like this actually happen there. If you're listening in Utah, please let us know, because I imagine that Utah is just a crazy place. <laughs> just Why? Just <laughs> absolutely bonkers. I don't know. It just feels so like... It's a fun word to say. It's to that's what it is. It's, it's like, like it's just the name Utah. <laughs> Utah sounds like it sounds so like Martian to me, doesn't it? Utah. Utah is one of those words that if you say it more than three times and really think about it, it it'll makes, appear in it, your mirror and kill you. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it loses all meaning. Yeah, it's, it's Utah. Like, and then it's Utah. just it's just a collection of sounds. It and it really is. Um. And the best part is that, like, in the credits, it says, like, casting by so-and-so, Utah casting by. And I was like, they casted Utah? Like, what? <laughs> what, what is this Utah casting? They, they found, like, three local actors to get an incentive? No, it's the kids. Uh, the kids in the orphanage were probably all. Real orphans. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Yes, I said, of course, this happens in Utah. I also wanted to comment on Billy's mother because okay. this, I don't want to say this actress has a strange voice, but the character sure as fuck does. <laughs> she is odd. She is kind of odd. When also, she's driving with a baby in her lap. Well, she she's not driving, but she's in the passenger seat. With a baby with in a the baby lap. With a baby in her lap. She's full on Britney Spears. Yeah. Like a circus. Um <laughs> And she, like when they're visiting grandpa and she's like, Billy, stay quiet. Don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, what is this voice? Why is his mom played by Marshmallow? <laughs> Who are you, woman? She's crazy. I, I did like Billy's mom, though. I liked Billy's mom, too. Um, His dad was kind of weird. He's kind of dopey. Like, he gave off kind of a weird vibe. I mean, I mean, they look like a they look like a a perfect marriage. Yeah, no. Like she's weird, he's crazy. It all comes together. And then you've got Grandpa. Who's Grandpa's just... a fucking dip. Yeah, he's, he's uh, 
he's absolutely bizarre um and probably right where he belongs if i'm being honest (laughs) (laughs) yeah grandpa's grandpa's a trip that whole scene was just kind of bonkers for me yeah it was it was kind of again an outdated depiction of mental illness but it's it's also just weird in and of itself like just the fact that he like grabs him by the arm and is like I know is like, the whole thing it's it's all that kind of outdated idea of like the mental patient especially because like when they're leaving the room like the mom is like don't worry grandpa won't hurt you and then they're out of the room for literally 2 seconds and he's like <laughs> And he's got this kid by the arm and is saying, don't yell for your mommy. She can't hear you. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, Gramps. Like- yeah, Gramps, Gramps is, uh, he's got the the quality nursing home goodies. Um, my thing was, who the fuck does that? <laughs> who, who's like, let's take the kids to a, um, a mental hospital where their grandfather is saying, and we're just going to leave Billy here with grandpa while we all go outside. Yeah, no, I didn't really understand that decision. Because like one has to think that Grandpa's in there for a reason. It's not even that he would be a danger to him, but like that <clears throat> before any of that happens, we're kind of led to believe that the grandfather is non-responsive in any way. Yeah, he's supposed to be like catatonic. Yeah, so like, <laughs> even if it was just that, why would you leave your like... This kid looks like he's maybe seven, eight. I know. Like, why would you leave that kid in there with him? (laughs) I have no idea. It was bizarre. It was literally like they were like, oh, look, there's sharks. Uh, All right, Billy. (laughs) They like cut both his hands and throw him in the water. They're like, we'll be right back. And it's like, (laughs) who are you people? You deserve (laughs) what you get. Like, it's probably, like, the biggest service to Billy that his parents died, because there is no way he would have had a quality childhood. Probably not. I think it probably would have been a little better than the one he got. Well, probably. <laughs> Getting beaten by nuns and like... By the skin of his teeth. <laughs> a little bit better. Um, and then we go through all this. Obviously, his parents get murdered uh, in, in a really bizarre way. They are murdered by... A man dressed as Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. And Who just held up a convenience store and like... For $30. For, and murdered another guy for 31 bucks. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of go through the the all the bullshit to get to the orphanage. And that's when we meet Mother. <laughs> my, my first note about Mother Superior mm-hmm. is that... I said Mother Superior isn't superior to the fucking janitor. She is a fucking twat. She is rude. It was literally like, it was like a Tatum line. I was like, the janitor's your superior. It was, I I couldn't, I, I was like, this woman is such a piece of shit. I'm pretty sure I wiped her off the walls of a restaurant at one point in my life. <laughs> Like, what a piece of shit. I think she is probably my least favorite character in the whole movie, even more than Billy. Yeah, no, and even just on on top of her being mean to Billy, she's also mean to Sister Margaret, which makes me hate her even more. And Margaret's so nice. Yeah, seriously. She's just sitting here looking at this honestly perfectly reasonable drawing that Billy has done. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we just have to beat it out of him. Uh, oh, yeah, what? that must be what it is. Like, he draws a picture of, like, decapitating Santa Claus and a reindeer. And, like, considering what has happened to this child, again, seems completely reasonable. Yeah. Honestly, in, in hindsight. That he was scarred by... And, again, this was kind of what I was saying, where it's like... While it is not a perfect depiction, or even in some ways a good depiction of of mental illness or or of PTSD... um. Here is a here is a moment where they are very clearly and I think intentionally saying that like this kid was giving the cries for help and not getting the help because he was drawing this violence he was clearly hung up on it and these nuns were like well we're just going to beat the shit out of him and maybe he'll get better and it's like <laughs> oh wait you mean that like puritanism and corporal punishment and just beating the shit out of someone until they don't do the thing you don't want them to do anymore isn't the answer it's like that was that was i think what i liked about the commentary in this part of the movie i mean that's fair i it's mostly the later half of this movie. well yeah i mean and again it's like it's a slasher movie so it yeah i know it's just that's a very hurtful stereotype and it's a stereotype that still a lot of people have like that's a belief that a lot of people have Mm -hmm. about people with ptsd and Mm -hmm. that's it's something that's still not really cleared up today (laughs) yeah and that's fair so it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like no we don't snap and yell naughty and punish and (laughs) and kill people kill people with christmas lights because we have a flashback (laughs) it's not (laughs) it's not that yeah um so uh, we go through the whole thing in the orphanage and and he like sees people having sex and and then is beaten who for also it. gets well he gets beaten and also the person who i'm assuming is a nun who was having sex with this guy also gets beaten yes with a belt yes. <laughs> and i'm like she is legitimately beating two adult people with a belt and neither assumed, one is resisting <laughs> i assumed that they were teenagers in the orphanage was i wrong that's possible, but they looked older than that. They didn't look much older than that to me. I mean, we didn't get a whole lot of looks at their faces. Was she supposed to be Sister Margaret? No, it wasn't Sister Margaret. <laughs> no, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Maybe they were supposed to be teenagers. Not that we got a very good look at their faces at any point. There was a well, lot of Well, you do. You, you get but, when, when Mother Superior barges in, mm-hmm. uh, you do see their face. And they look pretty young to me. Okay. Like they they looked to me like teenagers. Uh and I I think that was the intention. I think. Okay. That's that's fair. Either way, they looked fairly able to resist being beaten with a belt. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, they probably could have they probably could have smacked the shit out of Mother Superior and I wouldn't have been mad if they did. Um all of this is to say I kind of want to skip over the bullshit in the orphanage and get right to the fun shit. Okay. Because uh, my next note is when Billy grows up and he's like 18 or 17 or 18 or whatever the fuck he and is. And he's blonde all of a sudden. And he's blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is, in my opinion, the creepiest moment of the movie. Okay. Because you have Sister Margaret goes to the toy store where Mr. Sims uh, is and he's like he's like uh, 
uh, the, this is a stockroom position. I need a man, not a kid. And first of all, I wanted to be like, oh, really? Is that so? Uh, because I was like, isn't that the whole thing that like all of a sudden these like menial low minimum wage jobs are like not for adults, they're for kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he clearly wasn't a boomer. Isn't it funny how Republicanism has changed in 30 years? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> back then you had to be a man to work in a stock room. Now you have to be a boy. Um, yes, but all of this is to say that he's like, I need a man. And then she's like, oh, I guess you can't use this then. And it like does this like weird sexy shot. <laughs> of adult Billy. And my note was, did she just sell Billy to that creep at the toy store? <laughs> I was like, Sister Margaret's a pimp. <laughs> she was like, is this the droid you're looking for? <laughs> bum, 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 bum. It was legitimately the beginning of a 70s porno. Legitimately. He was like, that'll do, pig. Like, the, <laughs> oh, it was so gross. I was like, oh, my God. Sister Margaret just sold him. <laughs> How long has this been going on? How many stores over the years has Sister Margaret taken Billy to and been like, is this the boy you want for the job? And he, and they're like, <laughs> like, what? No wonder he's a fucking serial killer. If I was Billy, I'd be killing people, too. I think what this just comes down to is you found the character of Billy to be very relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Who was my sister, Margaret? (laughs) Um, And then we go into what I deemed the purity montage. Yeah. No. Which is uh, just Billy like straightening out the like coloring books and Mr. Sims seeing it and being like, that's a good kid. And like him, like having pleasant interactions with customers. It's like, yeah, I do that every fucking day, Billy. Good for you. Um, <laughs> like anyone who has worked in customer service will look at this movie and be like, is it really that big? Like I know people who are shit, who are garbage, like bottom scum of the earth who can do the, who can do that job and be nice to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was such a stupid purity montage. I was like, oh, please. That he's like, he is a killer. It's also, it's kind of weird because it's just like, look at how good he is. He's good at his job. <laughs> it's like, okay. That tells me nothing about him except that he's good at his job. <laughs> I know. Especially because then it becomes Christmas and he's suddenly really not yeah. good at his job. Because then you get into like... That scene where they make him play Santa. Yeah. Where it all starts. Yeah. And my note for this scene was, there's something really uncomfortable about a man dressed as Santa telling a writhing little girl that he's going to punish her. Like, yeah. it was. I was like, woof, this is heavy. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I was like, we was should be wearing sitting, a weight belt. Like, <laughs> I was also sitting here like, can no one hear him right now? Like, because... He's perfectly audible. Like, and he's like, like whispering he's to her. He's really... like, stop it. Stop it. I'm going to punish you. I'm going. Like, and I was like, oh my God. Like, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine being that child actor? <laughs> like, that's that's so weird. Yeah, there had to be a lot of prep for that. So gross. I was, I was like, I was really not having it. I yeah, was like, no, oh, this wasn't. is too much for me. Um, and that scene leads to the worst party anyone has ever thrown. Ever. <laughs> yeah, it really was just them in a bottle of JB whiskey, just like 
<laughs> Did I tell you the other day I was driving through Lower Manhattan and uh, I watched this car pull to the side of the road and then a man who looked like he should have been doing this mm-hmm. got out of his car holding a bottle of Maker's Mark oh, and walked away. <laughs> and I was like, got it. <laughs> I was like, this is the most disconcerting thing I've ever seen in my life. Besides this movie. Um, Yeah, we have a really shitty Christmas. This was a bad Christmas party. Yeah, it was a really bad Christmas party. I do have to say there's one note I had was Sister Margaret knows what's up. She didn't really think that, like, he was going to have a problem in a toy store come Christmas time. Like, what was she expecting to happen? I don't know. Like, (laughs) Like, she was just like... Oh, the poor boy. I'm going to get him a job in the worst possible place <laughs> for, that yeah. I can think of. For all her kindness, Sister Margaret is an idiot. Yeah. Like, she is dumb as a bag of hair. <laughs> she just is not functioning. It's like, let's see. What happens at toy stores near Christmas time? Gee, oh, right. I don't know. Santa. Oh, right. Fucking Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sister Margaret is, with the best intentions, making everything terrible. <laughs> Like, she is just that dopey nun who just wants everyone to be happy. But it's like, and part of me is like, well, is this kind of in the same vein of, like, she's following the mother superior treatment method? Like, is is she like, <laughs> we're just going to overexpose him until he snaps? Because <laughs> that's kind of how it felt. I, 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 th- I think it's honestly just, like, I, I don't know what the hell she was expecting. Like, I, it's like. Like, literally any idiot should have been able to tell you maybe a toy store isn't the best place for him. Or for most adult men. Yeah, there's... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is the thing. I I don't... I don't even want to laugh at that because, like, I feel like it's... Grown men can work in toy stores and not be creepy. They can. I will say, as a gay person, it makes me very uncomfortable and I'll tell you why. Because okay. there is a very much a stigma about gay men and children. Yeah. And so, like, I avoid toy stores like the fucking plague. I mean, that's fair. I think that there's kind of a stigma for straight guys, too. It's not as... It's not as... Vehement. I don't think they think about it. I don't think that they think about it, no. But I, I know for a fact that, like, I, I have met people who, if they walked into a store and saw a man working there would question his motivation for being in a toy store. And, like, I think that's such bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it is bullshit. I guess but it's like, just me making light of a situation yeah, no, that is I'm otherwise sorry. I was not... very dark to me. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, but moving on. I don't um, know why I'm such a downer this episode. I don't know. Like... You're, like, miserable. It's like there is nothing you can... <laughs> I'm like, no, and this is why. <laughs> um, I did say that because then we get into all the killings. Um, yes. This section of the movie really gave me very serious, like, season of the witch vibes. <laughs> there are even costumes at one point that are, like, on the wall that kind of resemble it. And the one thing that happens that really gives me season of the witch vibes is Mrs. Randall and Mr. Sims 
start singing this song that has that appears more than once in the movie. Yeah. And I don't know if it's an actual Christmas song or not, but it's like, it's that one that's like, Santa's creepy, Santa's watching, Santa's sleeping, Santa's killing. And it's like, what what are these words? <laughs> what are you singing? Like, like I, I don't remember what the words were, but it was like, it was along those lines. It was like, Santa's creeping, Santa's watching, go to bed or you will get presents. It's like <laughs> this... It was this very like weirdly creepy uh song and I was like but it was like catchy the way yeah. the the Halloween 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 it was it was that kind of like oh god this is going to be stuck in my head for days now There were no fembots in this movie though No so fembots not- thank god although plenty of titties <laughs> could have been there was plenty of the room. no titty machine guns. No, no, if only one of them had had one. <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, Mrs. Randall dies. She gets yes. shot with the arrows. I have never wanted someone to survive a horror movie more than I wanted Mrs. Randall to survive. <laughs> I was desperate. I was like, please let her just smash the window and run. Like, And I, I knew see- she wasn't going to, but it was like, ugh. I still want to know why the key part of the lock was on the inside of the door. Like, why would you need a key on the inside of the door? You know, I will say it's odd, but I have seen it. Okay. Like, I know people in real life who have, it's like, it's like a key on both sides. Okay. (laughs) I just, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the reasoning is. I guess it's, it's just, like how are you supposed? To, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I can't explain fine. it. I've but I have seen it. It is it's it is fine. a real thing. Um, and then you know we get into the I, the rest of the movie. We've pretty much talked about. You have you know Denise and and the antlers and the boy Denise's boyfriend whose name is kind of inconsequential yeah uh we do get the sledding boys which was kind of a fun little moment yeah i i enjoyed it although there was one moment that was like did somebody accidentally put their camcorder footage in here did you notice it no the maybe it was just the version i watched but like there was like five seconds where it goes to a wide shot and the film quality was like so fucked i was like what is this like what happened (laughs) It was. It just like did not fit the rest of the movie. The and cameras weren't working that day. They were like, <laughs> just. I mean, I guess not. Uh, my my one note for the the Denise situation is yeah. that little girl. Yeah. Um. Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. Cindy Lou Who. Who <laughs> he's like. There's one light on this tree that won't light. Uh, Vengeance. Sam's kind of Christmas movie Um, I wasn't sure what to expect but I did think it was funny that he gave her the box cutter because it's like he did give her a present he he did and then you can literally see that little girl's face go like the fuck is this like it was (laughs) it was it wasn't even like why is he giving me this he was like it was like what the fuck is that? This is the present you're giving me? Like, <laughs> it's a bloody box cutter. I'm surprised she didn't fucking stab him with it. Like, I, <laughs> I honest to God thought she was gonna be like, like throw it on the ground. Like, I thought he was gonna end up killing her because she was like unsatisfied with the gift. I um, I just have one question. Like, 
don't get me wrong, there are a lot of dumb children. But like, if you walked out into the hallway in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve, as say like a seven-year-old, which she appears to be, first of all, Santa's mustache is down underneath his chin. (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, he's carrying a fucking axe. I know. He has an axe (laughs) and uh, is covered in blood. Yeah, like seriously, like... I don't understand how you could possibly, even for a moment, be like, this is clearly Santa Claus. <laughs> the only the only reason I will say that they would is that, like, what other context do they have to put it in? That's fine, you but know he's what I mean? holding an axe. I, I mean, she's never met him before. I mean, that's true. <laughs> like... <laughs> Maybe it's his lucky axe. It's like, no no bag full of presents, just an axe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a strange meeting with Santa Claus. I'll give you that. I am kind of disappointed we didn't see her reaction to Denise on the antlers, though, because clearly yeah, she that would have been that, nice. That, that would have been nice. It would have been nice to see the, that reaction. Like, maybe her realizing, maybe that wasn't Santa Claus. <laughs> he gave me this bloody box cutter. <laughs> and, and, and hung he, Denise and on the wall. My, my babysitter up like a piece of meat. <laughs> yeah, I I would definitely, I would love to see the, the aftermath of that. Like, who the fuck was that then? <laughs> Um, Can you imagine being that kid's parents when they get home being like, oh, my God, the babysitter's up on the wall on the deer head. Oh, my God, this kid's thrown out on the grass. How was your night, honey? (laughs) I I met Santa Claus. Did you? Did you? He gave me this. (laughs) What a gift. And they're like, okay, we're going to the hospital. Like, you know that that somewhere there's like a spinoff movie where everyone thinks that little girl killed them. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like how would she even put denise on the antlers nobody knows but they know she, she did it got a step stool yeah <laughs> denise do me a favor back up see like this is my whole thing like at the end like his little brother is supposed to be like the one who you're like oh no he's about to snap yeah like it should have been cindy lou like oh, yeah. C- cindy lou is the kid who should snap she should like- and I'm all for it. I'm all for, see, that's the remake we need. It is a totally new story because in 2020, uh, we get the new Silent Night, Deadly Night where that little girl mm-hmm. becomes the killer. Yes. No, I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go into the strangely relevant part of this movie, uh, which is the cop chase. Yeah. No, that's kind of, it is sort of weird. We have been talking a lot about uh, the justice system on our episodes this week, but this ending of this movie certainly warrants a discussion. Yes. Um, My note was, gee, it's Christmas Day. I bet the only person dressed as Santa is the killer. Like, for real. Like, you show up and see a guy, arms outstretched, walking to the the kids in an orphanage dressed as Santa, and you shot him? Three times. Three times in front of the kids! Three times. Three times. I shot Sorry. him three times! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, in what fucking world? And he's like, well, he didn't stop. And she's like, he's deaf! It's like... <laughs> 
there are so there is so much commentary on the fact that like this came out in 1984. Yeah. And it was still assumed 40 years ago that the cops were going to do dumbass shit <laughs> like shooting without asking. <laughs> like you're kidding. You saw a guy dressed as Santa on Christmas. That's shocking. At an orphanage? My God. I was like, in what world would this guy be allowed to walk away with that gun? It, this I, world is the answer. Yeah. But but yeah. it's like, because that was my next, it's like, he just he just kept going. He yeah. It's like, the, the kids are all inside singing Christmas carols, and, and fucking dipshit, deputy dipshit is outside with his gun still walking around. I was like, yeah, Jim, why don't you take out a few orphans while you're at it? You already killed the goddamn priest. Like, what is, what kind of, what does this say about our society? At least he died. That was the only good thing yeah. is that he does die. Uh, how did you feel about the ending of this movie? I mean, the ending ending or the specific point? No, as, as a whole, the ending. Um, I, I, I thought it was kind of abrupt, frankly. Um, that was kind of how I, I was unsatisfying. Yeah, it wasn't terribly good. Um, <laughs> first of all, you, you do have the cop killing the wrong Santa, which I think literally anyone could have seen coming the yeah. second, like the second he shot him, the, you're the, like, that's the second not he pulled his gun, you're like, that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> for one, he's two feet tall. And like the mother superior is yelling at him for the only point in the film where she's justified at all. I know where she's yelling at him for killing this poor deaf priest. <laughs> and, like, and he just looks at her and goes, I'm sorry. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, I'm very sorry, like, but there is still a killer on the loose. And it's like, yeah, and I'm looking at him. You just murdered a priest. Like you just turned into Diane Keaton from First Wives Club. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. The, the I found the ending to be a bit unsatisfying because you don't really get a lot of closure to this story we've spent a lot of time uh, investing in. Yeah, no, it's really just Billy walks in, gets shot in the back a couple times, and falls down and dies. Also, yeah. like, completely misses Mother Superior, who in this point is in a wheelchair. And <laughs> I'm kind of sitting here going, like, maybe that's what it is. It's like, we can't kill an old lady who's a nun who's also in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they haven't had a lot of reservations about other things. In I this know, movie. but like, there's a part of me that's going like, Friday Two was already out, and he like macheted a guy in a wheelchair in the face, yeah. like, and then With pushed the him wrong down the side and, of the machete, and then pushed him down a flight of stairs. <laughs> like, Insult to injury. Like, I, feel like, I feel like we could have killed Mother Superior just fine. Yeah, I don't think it was necessary to keep her around. No, but um, uh. I will say my my star rating on this movie is probably like seven out of ten. I did okay. enjoy it. I thought it was fun. Um, it's not without its shortcomings, but I don't know. It kind of added to the charm for me. That's fine. <laughs> You're a two out of ten. Uh, I'll give it three. 
for for an interesting set of kills. All right, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's everything that I mean. We went through most of the fucking movie. Yeah, I'm still stuck on Denise. I really can't. <laughs> it, it literally is like in Mars Attacks when they put like people's heads on other bodies. <laughs> it really is like they put um, Magda from There's Something About Mary. <laughs> On, like, a 17-year-old's body. It was bizarre to me. But um, please let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, It is obviously a cult classic, and we're very eager to hear your thoughts on Silent Night, Deadly Night. We do have a new mini-sode coming out on Monday only on Patreon. So uh, head on over to patreon.com slash myspookygayfamily. And uh, we have new, 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 new holiday... uh, Many, many microsodes coming out. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. Carolers watching, carolers waiting. Christmas Eve is slowly fading. Can you hear him in the night? Close the door, turn out the light. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Silent Night, Deadly Night, distributed by Anchor Bay 1984. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel Productions.